You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brewblood. Episode 138 of Brew Bloods. I'm Mark Hudson, and today we have a very special episode for you. The major domo of the Screaming Pods Network, Sean DeRager, takes over the show to talk to Robert and Grace Carter and Bear Edwards of Mason Jar Brewing Company in Minifee, California. If you want to hear more from Sean, he literally has like 15,000 podcasts. His horror show, The Screamcast, his philosophy show, The Armchair Philosopher, and he has a sci-fi show, Xenopod from the Year 5000, where next week he'll be dropping a very special episode with the director of the Maze Runner trilogy. If you want links to all of his shows and the cornucopia of Screaming Pods shows, just go to ScreamingPods.com. So, here's Sean with Robert and Grace Carter and Bear Edwards from Mason Jar Brewing Company, after a reward from our sponsor. This episode of Brew Bloods is brought to you by our old pal Pint Hub, where you can get your first beer on the house every single day. You ever wish there was an easier way to explore craft beer? Well, with Pint Hub, you get one beer on the house every single day of every single month. No more balking at the price for a beer you've never tried and you may not like. Chances are you're going to discover something you love. Pine Hub is only available at participating breweries, bars, and restaurants in the Dallas-Fort Worth area currently, but they're expanding to new cities soon, so be on the lookout. Download the Pine Hub app through the Apple App Store or Google Play. Use the promo code BREWBLOODS when signing up. That's one word, BREWBLOODS. And get your first month for one measly little dollar. Pine Hub, get your first beer in the house every single day. Well, this is Sean DeRager. I am a guest host on the Brew Bloods podcast. So I want to thank the guys for uh, letting me fill in. I live in Southern California. And if you have kind of looked into the Southern California beer culture, there's a lot of stuff going on in San Diego. I live near Temecula. There's stuff going on in Temecula. Uh, I live in Menifee. And um, a few years back, I got word that a brewery was starting up in our area. So that like made me really happy because didn't have to go all the way down to Temecula to try to try out some beers. And it was nearby. So today, uh, I have Robert and Grace Carter. They've started up Mason Jar Brewery in Menifee, California. Also with me is... Bear Edwards. He is the face uh, of Mason Jar Brewing. Louis <laughs> hey, Louis he's one of the first, he's pr- probably the first person you'll see when you walk in uh, up to the bar. And uh, you know, he served me and uh, my buddy Tom Nix. Well, Tom Nix doesn't drink, but he served me and let Tom Nix watch me drink <laughs> a couple weeks back. And we got to talking and I, and I, you know, I'd been wanting to kind of set something like this up anyway, and this is a good excuse for me to talk to all of you about uh, about Mason Jar Brewing. So, welcome to the Brew Bloods podcast. Thank you very much. Welcome. Grace. We're happy to have you. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, uh, Robert and Grace are sharing a mic, so we'll we'll do the best we can, uh, and. <laughs> 
But um, but I wanted to first, you know, talk about the name. Um, for me, it kind of makes sense because Menifee was had kind of had this farm culture before they started developing. So when I saw the name Mason Jar Brewing, for me, it kind of made sense. I'm originally from the Midwest, from Iowa, and so kind of seeing this pop up was almost like a little sense of comfort for me. Uh, the whole Mason Jars and everything. So uh, so you know, we'll start with the name. I guess what brought you to name this Mason Jar? Brewing and why and why the mason jars are significance. I don't know. Well, uh, we started <laughs> with mason jar because the whole town used to be wheat farms, dairy, <laughs> chicken farms. Uh, that's what Menifee was known for. So we wanted something that would blend with the community as well as um, showcase what Menifee is all about. So the first thing that came to mind was a mason jar. We think everything wholesome and delicious comes from a mason jar, brings you back to the day where grandma used to can and you'd have fabulous jellies and jams and whatnot. It just brings that wholesome warmness. And that's what we decided to do was name it Mason Jar Brewing Company. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, when I, when I came here today, some of the beers served in mason jars. Some of them, like it looks like the, the Belgians, some of the Belgians you have in the, the Belgian glass. Um, how do you guys feel about pairing it like with the certain glasses? I know some people, not me. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, I go in as long as it's, as long as the beer is in a, in some sort of glass jar or something, I'm good to go. But, um, uh, how do you feel about pairing a beer with like the proper glasses? That's something you guys think about. No, we, we, we don't do that here. Yeah. Um, that's, there's a lot of breweries that do do that and they do do the fluted, they do the mm-hmm. tulip and they do, you know, the snifters, we don't. We just stick to the mason jar. We do have our anniversary glasses that come out every year when we do our anniversary party, and we'll save those until they're done. We'll serve through the, with those mm-hmm. until they're done. And then we do have a small tulip, and the reason we have the tulip is it's a 10-ounce. Mm-hmm. So okay. short pour. So we keep that for our really high alcohol beers because you don't want a whole 16 <laughs> pint of you know some 12%. Right, right. Stout. Yeah, that makes sense. So, But as far as pairing them, no, we we didn't really find any kind of that. That would be too many glasses too to try and keep track of. <laughs> My goodness, because yeah, you guys have a wide variety of of brews. I mean, that's one of the first things I noticed when I came in, and because in, in Southern, we'll, we'll talk about IPAs probably a little bit in a little bit. I got one of the questions on here. We'll talk about IPAs, but in Southern California, especially, uh, and and I don't know, I haven't really toured beers of the country, so I don't know um, really how it is across the country. But I know that I the IPAs kind of within the past few years have become more popular, especially out here. Certain breweries that I go to, it's like 10 IPAs and a brown and a pale. It's my favorite then, style, by the way. <laughs> and then maybe a dark. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but for you, but just kidding. The, the thing that I noticed was there is a wide variety of, of beers. And was, that's, that's the one thing I really appreciated mm-hmm. when I came here. Cause it was a lot of fun to kind of, it's fun to do a tasting when it's more than just IPAs. You yeah, know, we just keep it across the board. I mean, when we were home brewing, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to hit every style. I wanted to learn yeah. how to make every style. Cause I, I just didn't want to pigeonhole myself as IPA brewer or a stout brewer or a Belgian ale brewer. I wanted to go. I love my, my German beers. Mm-hmm. I, I love those. But I wanted to go all across the board to where you, if you do come into our brewery, you're not trapped. Oh, they just have IP. Oh, they just have stout. So we have everything. If you yeah. want English brown, got it. We, you got an uh, Irish ale, got it. Pale ale, got it. So we just want to keep it like that. Hard, yeah, to keep track of all those, but <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, cause I, I, I generally tend to go more towards the more of the European beers, the mm-hmm. Belgian, the Belgians, the German beers and things like that. So, uh, so how did the, how did this thing start up? Like, you know, how, what are the beginnings of, uh, of Mason Jar Brewing? What kind of brought you into the brewing? Oh <laughs> you my goodness. Doing it out of your house. Okay. So we were doing it out of our house because <laughs> I couldn't stand my husband's love for craft beer and the, and the price tag. I mean, it, right. it's, you know, good things are expensive and it was getting super expensive. So I thought I'd be brilliant by buying him a home kit. And um, his first batch was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad. But instead of tucking his tail, he's like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to, you know, go watch someone brew with mm. all grain, get to learn it submerge myself into it and and he did he 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 came back and he's like okay i am doing this and then he taught me and then that was our thing on the weekend we'd do it in the garage brew brew beer in the garage with our dog and our (laughs) and our six-year-old at the time uh used to come out and help brew which probably isn't too advisable with cps i don't know (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tra- it's a trade. Just, he's learning just don't a trade. Him, I guess. Right? He's, he's not drinking it. Oh, he's yeah. just- <laughs> you know, when he goes to daycare or kindergarten, telling everyone he made beer with mom and dad, that was fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, now he's super popular. He's thirteen. So yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. So, so, so a, a couple of crawlers may go may go right. missing here and there. So he, he had a good time in science when he was explaining what sugar and yeast did. Yeah. Okay. So he took the floor. That's awesome. I, I think that's really cool because there is a craft to, to this. I mean, it's not called craft brew for nothing, you know, and it's, and it, with any sort of alcoholic drink, you know, with, with wine, we, we live near, Teme- near Temecula. There's a lot of wineries out there. It's a little more time consuming with wine. You get into like distilleries. There's even more time with distilleries. The beautiful thing about beer is pretty much anybody can kind of have a go at it and give it a shot, you know, with these homebrew kits and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, I, I, I think that's awesome because it is, and it is, it is science. Like it is something that's, it's it a is, beneficial you know? science is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. All you kids out there listening, pay attention in science class. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you, so when, so when did you decide that it was time to kind of move it from the garage, you know, into like, maybe we got something here. Like what was the kind of, what sparked that? That's a good question. Cause what, it's kind of weird because as as home brewers we were um, competition brewers. Uh-huh. Okay. We were making beer for the family and friends and ourselves, but really we were doing it to do the competitions that were San Diego. Uh, I think we went to a couple in Vegas, uh, up in Riverside, LA. We would just send our beers everywhere for mm-hmm. competitions, and you know we were doing pretty good. So uh, I think it was 2014, 13. One of the two. Uh, we went, we did all the criteria to make it to the national homebrew competition because I remember the year prior we couldn't get in because it was kind of a convoluted mess when you tried to, uh, lottery. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot no, I think, I can't remember, but it was, a, it, it was a mess trying to get in. And I remember sitting at the computer because it crashed and I said, next year I will get in and I will win that competition. And that's pretty much what happened. Is the following year we got in, we took our beer, Rasmataz, dark chocolate coconut, uh, raspberry stout. It already won four gold medals prior to that. So we take it to the national homebrew, uh, competition in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we win it there as well. And that night we're, you know, all right. So now what? 
<laughs> there's no more. You can't go any higher than that. Right. You know, you can't go any higher than the Olympics or the Super Bowl. So there you go. So then we said, all right, we're going to go pro. And here we are. Nice. Very nice. So we're here in the kind of the, the small industrial area of Menifee. Yeah. The whole one building. <laughs> <clears throat> and, you know, when a lot of breweries, I mean, there's, I think as far as Menifee goes, this is the only game in town with, for Menifee. And you go down south towards Jamaica, there's a few more in the industrial areas you got. Nine, <clears throat> yeah, it's about nine on there. Because it's been, it's been mainly wineries. Then you get closer to San Diego, then to the coast. Uh, you got a lot more kind of popping up, you know, quite a bit there. You got Stone, of course, in San Diego and everything. Um, so when I, when I first came here, I mean, obviously the more breweries that start popping up, the more competition that starts to happen. People start to like demand food and everything like that. What I love about what I love about this place, especially now that uh, what is it Grubhub? Now that there's Grubhub, I mean, you come in, you get some really good beer. It's a very nice open area. I love like there's like these you know the picnic tables, and it's a very kind of like uh, not I wouldn't say far a farmhouse, but it's very it's a very nice relaxed feel when you kind of walk into yes, this. This is there's not like a hey we're this cool hip brewery, you know, but it's, it's very comforting when you walk in and you can order you know. I put in a call to Grubhub or whatever and have some food delivered to me. And you guys are totally cool with people bringing in food. I know that, uh, one of my friends, he'll go to the, uh, he'll go to the ice cream place with his kids, get his kids ice cream and he'll swing around and then come in here for, for a couple of beers. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's you know? streets for all. It's streets for yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> and that's sort of like, <laughs> and that sort of atmosphere is very, like, I really like that. Like there's not, you don't feel like, uh, you're walking into these, this brewery, these guys think that they're really cool. Like, um, but it's, it's a very, it does, you get, you do get that family, you know, that a kind of a family feel when you walk in. You kind of yes. feel like your family as you walk in. There's a lot of walks of life that come in here and, and everyone leaves their baggage at the door mm-hmm. and they just have a fun time with the community tables and friendships happen at these tables down here and it's just a good time. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing pretentious about it. It's just a uh, Southern comfort. <laughs> That's what it is. What were you, you know, I mean, I couldn't even imagine kind of starting my, my own business. Like, you know, I do this podcast stuff as a side, as on the side and it's for me, it's more of a hobby. You know, I have a lot of friends who brew their own, their own beer out of the, out of the garages and everything. And it's a hobby. What was the, I guess the most surprising thing that came your way when you started the brewery up, when you actually were, all right, we're going to do this. <laughs> you know, what surprised you, what surprised you the most? I'm going to let Robert take this, but it was <laughs> for me personally, it was the step up from home brew to commercial brewing, completely different animal, completely yeah. different scale. Uh, recipes don't scale up properly. Mm. Um, you know, there's different cleaning procedures. Uh, you're dealing with acids and whatnot and, you know, burning, scalding water. And, you know, this is, this is the big dogs. I mean, uh, it's always fun to sit there and fantasize. Oh, one day I'm going to have a brewery, but, uh, you know, dealing with customers and then loving your beer and not having enough to produce it and then scaling up was, a definite difficult uh, scenario yeah. for for myself. What do you think, honey? Uh, I think you said it all right there. But uh, <laughs> uh, it what the just the amount of work. So we just did a homebrew uh, brew day here okay. at the brewery in the back. The local homebrew club came here, and it was great seeing them all have a good time. 
and and, and I told him cherish that good time. It, it's still a good time, but it goes from hobby. Mm-hmm. And okay, I made five five gallons to you know for myself, and I made five gallons, and I'm going to give my friend you know four bottles. Right, right. Now you take that 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 beer, and now you're making it. For instance, our number one seller, they call me Roberto. I think we've surpassed a little over maybe 2,000 gallons to 2,500 wow. gallons within nine months of that beer alone. And yeah. that's just out of the tap room. Yeah. So it becomes the surprising part about it is it becomes now your job. <laughs> right. And it right. sounds bad, but it, it becomes your job and, and just the amounts. And, and also the surprising thing too about that, like on the amounts is you, you go from one day when you're in your garage making this and you're like, Oh yeah, I can give it to my friends. And then you see your whole tap room filled mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I used to make this in my garage. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's a trip. <laughs> Seeing that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to talk about that. The, they call me Roberto because when I walked in today, um, uh, when I, when I walked in and up to the bar, there's probably about, Probably everybody on there. Everyone had a glass. Today and I probably served probably 50 glasses of that. Yeah. Uh, And it's it's kind of a, it's a Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. I guess, you know, or I guess we're coming up to, it was, was. but we're we're in April, we're coming up to May again, so I guess it'll it'll go back around again. year round beer. Okay. We just sell so much of it at this point. Once you get a hold of that beer, once you take your first sips, it kind of hooks (laughs) you into it. Okay. We do rim it with chamoy, tahini, and a lime slice, which kind of adds to the essence of the beer itself. Yeah. So it's a fire-roasted jalapeno and lime zest beer, Mexican lager. I mean, it's 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 awesome. So it's got a little heat in the background, a little lime up front, a little bit of sweetness. It's it's everything that you would never think a beer could be until you try it. Um, for me, I've, you know, I've had the spicy beers and the hatch chilies and the habaneros and stuff, and that was never my thing mm-hmm. when I first started coming to Mason Jar. And, and now you got you know, a glass of it. And now I got a glass of it right now. So <laughs> it, it just kind of uh, puts the talons in your skin and just, uh, takes you for a ride. So it's, it's one that people will try once and like I had a customer today, tried one and he had four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That beer was a trip because we made it for Cinco de Mayo two years ago. Yeah. I think it was. So we made it two years ago, and then when it was out, it was out too bad, and the customers were going nuts. Mm-hmm. And we came to a, a, the, the second year that we had a Cinco de Mayo here. We're like, well, we'll make it, and everybody's going nuts. Well, guess what? Now it becomes uh, a year-round beer, and I was saying, well, we'll wait and see what happens come December. And, oh, no. It's still yeah. selling like crazy in December and November. And it It's now... Our number one staple. Nice. Wow, that's crazy. Well, come to think, I mean, last year when we had it out, we blew through six kegs in one day <laughs> of this one beer. Yeah. That is insane when we have 16 on tap. That's a lot of that one specific beer, and we only have 38 occupancy. Yeah. Which is funny because, I mean, normally when I look at like a beer menu, I'm not going to go to, I don't think I've even tried it. <laughs> you know, with all the what? beers that I've tried here. No, you know what I have. We had a uh, we had a brew kind of uh, a bring your own beer kind of party, uh, kind of a uh, you know on the cul de sac party. Where everyone kind of brought their beer. So yes, I have tried it, uh, and somebody did have a, a a a growler of the of the call me Roberto. So I remember that because they're talking about jalapenos, and I was like, okay. And uh, but that's, that's it's funny because I, that's not the type of beer that I normally would gravitate to. 
you know, and, yeah, and, it's, and, it's, it's and it's funny that it's, this it's, is it's, like, I walk in and I seriously, yeah. everyone sitting, mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting in the room yeah. had a glass of this. It's crazy. I mean, like 90%, I think of the people had a glass of this is pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get you a fresh one. After okay. This, all right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> and don't uh, twist my arm. Um, so I, I talked a little bit about kind of how Southern California is, how, you know, San Diego and the Temecula, but you know, up here, there's not really that competition yet, but do you kind of feel that, um, it's still a bit, there's this expectation in like Southern California to kind of stand out even more in the craft beer scene. And, um, and if so, like, what is it, what do you think as far as your experiences it take to kind of stand out a little more? Oh, wow. Um, what is IPA centric? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And now with this whole crazy hazy thing, <laughs> which I will not make a hazy. You can even quote that right there. I'm not going to ever make a hazy. Um, can, can we, can I interrupt for like what, what, so the hazy is the big thing right now. Hazy is and, and is it, is it just unfiltered or what, what, what causes just, the hazy thing? Cause to me, it just tastes, it, to me, it still tastes as like kind of a citrusy yeah. IPA. Well, is it, it is. Is it just, just certain practices that people are doing? I've heard people are throwing in their dry hop at this time of fermentation, so the the yeast will keep that that yeast in yeah the yeast will keep the hops in suspension. Mm-hmm. And I've heard other crazy rumors of how they're doing this stuff. But there are uh, one or two breweries here in the area that are just killing it with the hazies, and I will give them props. <laughs> I, I honestly will give them props for what they do, but. As far as what we do, no. And, and am I worried about it? No. You, hon? Well, I don't think we worry about what other breweries are doing. We just want to create what we like to drink. Okay. And that's kind of our thing. Yeah. Um, we like IPA, but we also like other beers. I mean, there's so much you can do with beer, whether it's spice, whether it's fruit, whether it's traditional, uh, just the classics a classic lager, a beautiful Meritzen, so delicious. Mm-hmm. And you can appreciate the craft that goes behind it because those are hard beers yeah. to make without off flavors, without it tasting tinny or like a skunk or, you know, yeah. that's what, you know, you normally get. But with us, I mean, we take the time. We don't filter. We let beer do what it does and we don't put any clarifying agents in it. Um, it's just super important for us to just, Stay traditional and just make delicious beer. Yeah. So you're not interested in kind of the, you know, some, I I think on, on Brew Bloods a few episodes back, they, they reviewed a sriracha. I think ref is it refu- rogue. rogue rogue did a sriracha. Yeah. Rogue does some crazy things. Well, that's why they're so, rogue. That's why they're, they're rogue. rogue. Yeah. For that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, some 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 breweries kind of will do kind of a stunt brew or things like that. Things like that. Well, but, we have a crazy beer yeah. for National uh, Bacon Day. We make a okay. bacon maple porter that uh, is, and that was good. I I think I had a, spank I your I hog. It. It's really good. freaking delicious. <laughs> but you know, it's you know we'll we'll do that to celebrate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. A, a nice holiday or whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's a great beer, you know, but you know, if you take these flavors and you throw it in a beer and you create something unique and delicious, mm-hmm. um, you know, we don't do that as a special stunt or whatnot. We just do it because we love beer and we yeah. love flavor. And, yeah. you know, we try to make those flavors blend together with the base beer. So, so speaking about the, about the flavors, I know that, um, you know, with Menifee being having kind of this background of agriculture, um, which I really love. Like when I moved out here, uh, 
I really like, cause I, you know, I came from, like I said, I came from the Midwest and kind of moving out to Temecula. Then we came out here and we bought a house and kind of seeing the back area of all this, like there's, there was agriculture here and there still is a little bit, but it's kind of going away a little bit. But I feel like there's still that essence, I think, yep. of, of agriculture and, and locally grown things. And you guys really do strive for like locally grown ingredients. Um, is that always the case you try? I mean, it's always the case. Always try to seek those out first. Yep. Is there? Yeah. So, like, we do the strawberries local. Mm-hmm. All citrus is local. The watermelon that we use in our beers are local for the the summer one. I, I don't even remember what watermelon beer is called. Fruity Jugs. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's on the Fruity Jugs series. Yeah. <laughs> the only one, obviously, is not local is our coconut. You know, we just get shaved coconut mm-hmm. from whatever source we can get. But uh, we we do stay even uh, the jalapenos. I believe. I, I, they may come from up north a little ways, but, um, yeah, but we keep everything as, as, as best we can. I have some in my garden this year, so if I have some extra, I'll bring some by. If it's 14, uh, yeah, I was gonna say it was like 50 pounds, <laughs> yeah. in the man, you're gonna have to bring it. Yeah, 14.5 pounds. We'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, so, I mean, and, and, and like I said, like in this in this area, especially when you with Temecula, they, they have the uh, even out here we have the uh, the the farmers market, mm-hmm. uh, Temecula farmers market. Like, and that's what I, what I really appreciate about this area because a lot of people think like, oh, Southern California, we're in you're you're in L.A. You know, and it's not we're we're not in L.A. This is a very different feel from L.A. It's a very different feel from San Diego. Um, yep. but where we're at, it's like I said, there's there's the agriculture, there's the wineries, so that we do you do get a lot of kind of more of a laid back, I guess, feel from people. And in my neighborhood, everyone says hi to each other. We have this kind of neighborly, you know, feel. Um, and Menifee's kind of been growing. It was called, you know, Sun City and, and now it's mm-hmm. kind of be, got incorporated and, and there's, you know, there's like push and shove with that. Like people don't want Menifee to get too big. People like the more local feel. And that's, and then, like I said, like that's what I do get from this, from this brewery. Um, so, but let's talk about like the, uh, I guess, I guess Southern California brew, brewery culture, I guess, a, a little bit. Do you, cause, uh, like I said, there's nine breweries in Temecula. Mm-hmm. Um, and every brewery is different. And, you know, there was one, I, <clears throat> I caused a stink with one of them because like my wife <laughs> was, Ooh, mad the, was mad at their dirty we bathrooms. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but it's, it's pretty funny. We have nice bathrooms. You guys do have, we have, have a nice, nice bathroom. bathroom. I'm yes, telling we you. can attest to that. My wife loves coming here. Very um, nice. but there, but there was, uh, there was like a little bit of pushback because the management didn't, like, I felt like it was handled a lot, like pretty bad. Like it was like. What does it rhyme with, Sean? What? What? It's okay. It's okay. You, uh, you, you DM me on Twitter, uh, Sean C. DeRager, and I'll let you know. Uh, their beer's really good, though. So it was, you know, it's kind of it was it was a bittersweet thing because, but I, but I felt like from a customer service level, they didn't handle that situation properly. But I do, you know, I love their beer, and there's a lot of really great brew. There is a lot of really great breweries yes, out here. Um, do you think so? The question is like, what do you think the the California, I guess Southern California, we'll keep it there. Uh, what is the Southern California beer scene uh, lack, uh, and then how? But then also, how is it superior? So kind of like, you know, how? What do you think it needs to improve on? But what do you think that it does is doing pretty well on? Needs more women. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> probably. Well, I don't know because it's we kind of goes back to the a question a while back on the IPA scene mm-hmm. it 
I, each brewery does its own shtick. And maybe, you know, we ease up on the IPAs. I don't know. Cause I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not about the IPAs because it's hard for me to go into a brewery and when they have 12 IPAs, your palate is wrecked. Yeah. But we all do our own thing. So really, I, I don't think there should be like, like, Everybody yeah, well, keeps I, I think I think uh, just Southern California, San Diego. I mean, the Inland Empire that we're in, and L.A. and uh, everything in general. I think it's just uh, like Robert was saying. It's just it's really diverse. I don't know if there's anything lacking or superior. Everybody's doing kind of their own thing, you know. Yeah. You know, everybody's got their hand in the cookie jar, and you might be pulling out an oatmeal raisin. You might be pulling out a chocolate chip. So mm-hmm. it just depends on what your flavor is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's what I love. Like, we, you know, my wife and I will go out, we'll tour around, and, and, and she's, she gravitates more towards the wineries and wine, and she's really funny to go, uh, to go wine drinking with. Cause she, you know, she feels like she knows, uh, you know, how to taste and everything. And <laughs> there's, a, there's a swirl. This is a and, white grape. This is a red grape. <laughs> there's the swirl and the, you need to aerate as you sip the wine, whatever. Um, but you know, we have a lot of fun though, too, going to the breweries and she kind of takes that experience, you know, the wineries to the breweries. So it's, it's a, a lot of fun for her and I to go, to go do that. <laughs> but I always, I do love tasting and then, and I feel like every, you know, what I love about beer is, for the most part, the menu's almost constantly changing. There's beers kind of coming in, beers going out. Yep. There's a few of the staples kind of staying. But with beer, it's it's very you're, you're going to get something different every time you go. Mm. Um, so that that's one thing I really love really love about it. And yeah, kind of ex- with my experience with the Southern California beer culture, um, it's been it's been really cool. And like like other than the one like a customer service snap, that's customer service. That customer yeah. service can always be improved. Um, but for, as far as, for the most part, like our experience has been awesome and I welcome more breweries in the area cause it's oh, so yeah. inundated with, oh, yeah. with the wineries. Wineries are expanding like crazy out here. Um, the one thing that, you know, I like to, would like to see grow more is the breweries. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting that you guys are out here kind of stepped away from that in Menifee. Um, and there's no, I haven't seen any breweries pop up. No, we wish there were, yeah, you know, if, if they could get more, um, industrial space out yeah here. it would be great to bring in more breweries because then yeah. we could i remember the the previous mayor he said he wanted to make this the you know brewery town after he saw the success of our place yeah. well you know you kind of need the establishments to do that right but it would be awesome if we could get you know even one more brewery to pop up here and then another one and another one yeah so yeah well that, that competition is important i feel like you know there's all you you kind of have that to kind of work off each other but then with the things that i love most i love it when two breweries kind of come together yeah, and and do a collaborate yeah collaboration yeah, uh, it's just you know. it's it's even beyond that it's there's days where we can call a brewery and say hey yeah i uh, i screwed up i didn't order enough amarillo you got some amarillo yep got it hey and they call us hey you have a bag of mm-hmm. red x got it you know we take right. care of each other like yeah that. yeah there might not be breweries directly other than ours in Menifee, but I mean, Myriad and Tenicular yeah, are close, really close. close. 10 miles. 10 yeah. miles. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's that far, but I mean, Menifee is what, 90,000 ish uh, population. So, I mean, um, it would be great to have more in Menifee, but I think, you know, they still have to build on their infrastructure. Yeah. You know, get some more light industrial and, and, make it available but you know it's not easy to open a brewery you know yeah you should you should have at least a million dollars to open one so <laughs> it's not something that uh it's yeah exactly so i i sold my left kidney 
<laughs> Did, are you serious? <laughs> you can't be telling lies on the podcast. <laughs> well, people start emailing what I sold. <laughs> so th- this is a question kind of directly from uh, from from the, the gentleman at the Brew Bloods, P- Brew Bloods podcast. Um, so we, we've seen craft beer drinkers shift to a hyper-local focus in the last two years. I guess they've seen this mm-hmm. in, in their area. Uh, so much that some breweries... Like I guess in there in in Austin I guess or the area Green Flash are shutting down facilities. Oh yeah. Do you uh, do you or did you have a goal to become national? And how has this shift affected you? No, no. We don't we don't want to shoot the moon. <clears throat> we in fact it's it's scary enough just to shoot local for us. <laughs> right. We just want to be here and do our thing on our island. If it happens, it happens. But we have no no goal to like. Okay, well, let's open this brewery because we want to have accounts across the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, because we've seen a friend of ours do that. Mm-hmm. He had his brewery. He was going for the accounts in airports all across right. the nation and Vegas, and now he doesn't have a brewery. Right. So right. that's kind of sad. It seems, it seems like with those with those types of breweries, if you if you have that those aspirations. Uh, Aspirations? Is that the yes. correct word? Aspirations. Aspirations. We'll add the, edit this in post. I've had a couple of beers. Um, <laughs> but you almost need to be backed by a major brewery, like a major, yeah. you know. And, yeah, and I know that some in the yeah. area have been, you know, purchased. I know that uh, Ballast Point is, is an example. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, they're, they bought it, but they're still kind of left to do their own thing. But if you want to go national if you, or even regional, I guess, you would have to have those aspirations to do that. Yeah, you'd have to have. You'd probably have to have their backing. There's a couple of breweries here in the area that you know they've they're already got a presence with Colorado, mm-hmm. Hawaii, mm-hmm. Nevada. You know they're, they're they're spreading out, but you know you go talk to the actual staff, they're a little bit stressed out, but because uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just above them. Yeah, it's just craziness. Yeah. It, it almost for me like. What I love about visiting a local brewery uh, is just, like I've said before, like that family feel. It just you you feel mm-hmm. connected to the community. You feel connected to the people there, um, and it's just like it's something special. Like the with the variety of of beers on tap and everything, there's just something special that you don't get anywhere else. And like for me, that's that means a lot. Like wherever I'm at, whenever I travel, I always make sure to try to find the local. The, the local breweries mm-hmm. and, and try those beers. You know, like we were in, my wife and I were in Hawaii and I was like, we need to find a local brewery. You know, and we found, uh, uh, Kalua, not, not Kalua, um, Kauai, oh. Kauai brewery, um, Kauai beer company. Hmm. Um, then they were f- really good beer. And I was like, we didn't get that anywhere else other than like that one little place. And that was special. We made, we made sure Kauai is a small island, but we made sure we made it back. To that brewery, like two or three more times, and we were only there for like two days, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure we go back. So that's very special because that's kind of like a taste of the the community mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, so, <clears throat> well, you know, I, I think that's the way it, it's kind of gone in the last uh, ten years, even five years. I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, local breweries popping up, mom and pop breweries, yeah. whatever you want to call it, um, everywhere. 
dude, whatever city you want to go to, there is breweries. There's yeah. small breweries, there's big breweries, there's everything. And I think it's actually become like a vacation thing. You yeah. know, people want to go to Breckenridge or, you know, Colorado or San Diego, uh, you know, even up here, you know, if they're visiting family. There's 13 breweries around here. Yeah. I mean, you can have a really nice weekend or <laughs> a crazy day, <laughs> whichever way you want to do it. Right, I mean, right. just traveling, you know, you're just going out of state. You know, you check out a brewery. Yeah. I think that's kind of become the 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 census of uh, craft beer nowadays. Is it, and I think the question was is like you know going local or going national or things like that. It's like you don't need to be national. I mean, yeah. just just by having good quality beer and having that atmosphere that we have here and a lot of other places do, mm-hmm. it draws people in. Yeah, you know? and they want to buy the glass. They want to get your hat because they want to represent you in you know. Ohio right. or, you know, West Virginia or something like that. They might be missing some teeth, but, uh, you know, they're still going to drink beer. So I, I, that's what it's I, come to. <clears throat> I rock my Kauai uh, brewing hat everywhere I go and has like a rooster on it. And everyone's like, what is that? And nice. it's like, it's Kauai brewing. It's an amazing mm-hmm. beer. If you're ever in Kauai, you check out that brewery. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we're, we've, we've talked about IPAs mm-hmm. enough. I think we don't have to cover IPAs anymore. So we'll... Uh, we'll <laughs> so let's move. We'll move into uh, the lightning round. We'll kind of go around, and, uh, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here. So we'll we'll go around and hit each of you. Uh, what was your first beer? Great brewed. <laughs> first beer brewed. First beer. First beer you ever had. No, just as far as drink. What was the, what was the first beer oh, you remember shit. drinking? Oh, oh, did I say that? It's old mine, E. Won't. I drank Old E. Oh, forty, <laughs> forty in the house. Yes. I have a scar on my forehead from breaking a bottle up. Right, <laughs> right there, I'm gangsta. Wow, I'm gangsta bitches. Oh my God. First beer was Schlitz at a VFW in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Oh, nice. I uh, can't disclose that because we were hiding in the back of the building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, my dad was a Miller Lite guy. So okay. Miller Lite, uh, you know, just plain and simple, you know, got the 30 pack and like I said, age didn't matter at the point. <laughs> we living in the country in Missouri yeah. and, you know, we'd crush that up. But yeah, uh, yeah that would be my first. Mine, uh, I'm going to answer these two because these are fun. Uh, mine was, it was, I was living in Northern California and my grandpa he, he drank like I think it was Coors Light, Coors Light or Bud Light, but I think at the time it was it was Coors Light, and uh, and I think I was about maybe eight years old, and I was wondering what beer tastes like, and then here here have a drink, you know, and of course I hated it, but yeah, I think it was it was Coors Light or Bud Light or something yeah. <laughs> something like <That's> that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Developed a better taste as I as I got older for sure. <laughs> uh, what was your okay? So so to the next level here. Uh, what was your first craft beer? So, Grace, what was your first craft beer? Oh, I would have to say my dad took me to Germany when I was 12. Man, that's cheat. That's almost cheating. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> right? he's going out of stadiums. Right. And uh, uh, my first beer he let me drink uh, was at the Hofbrauhaus. House. So uh, that's what did me in, actually. I was one of those kids who actually enjoyed beer at 12, mm-hmm. and that was a bad thing. But, you know, uh, he made beer, he made alcohol, he made uh, wine. Uh, my dad's Italian roots, so that was kind of a thing that we had to have wine at dinner every night, mm-hmm. starting, you know, from the age of nine. Uh, so it wasn't a taboo thing, so we didn't over, we didn't abuse it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we could have it. Right. You know, um, but that was uh, my my first craft beer was at the Hofbrauhaus House in Germany at wow. 12 years old. That's just shooting for the stars. Mm-hmm. That is like starting uh, at like so. top tier. 
That's good. That's good. That's good. I had Bud Light. <laughs> uh, no, first one, I uh, probably Sam Adams, honestly, just the the good old Boston Lager, because yeah. I, I honestly really, really appreciate you know that the Sam mm-hmm. Adams model what okay. uh, yeah, Jim Coke so. has done up there. Uh, mine, man, depends on the day and the time. I know. Uh, I just <laughs> I'm remember. Trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to remember <laughs> back. It's like a 21 year old living in life. Uh, I would have to say Red Hook ESB because okay. I lived up in Seattle, oh, real one. close yeah. to that one, and that was just kind of. I still tend to go to that style of uh, kind of bitter ambers, reds, and that's just kind of like my wheelhouse. Uh, when I was younger, my grandpa. Um, it was Ehringer, if I'm saying it oh, right. Yeah, Ehringer. Yeah. yeah, that was his favorite. Hefeweizen, Ehringer, and uh, all the sediment in the bottom. You pour yeah, it out the yeah. bottom, and that was uh, that's probably one of the best tasting things I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not I'm not sure if it was craft or not, but it was uh it was a it was a German beer, but it was, it was bottled. I was working at a a restaurant called Bennigan's, and at the time they they had like like, like we have a hundred different types of beer. And that was kind of where I got like my beer education because before that it was, you know, Miller like Schlitz and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> lime vodka, uh, you know, things like that, you know, when you're in college. But, um, I remember I was, so I learned about all these beers. It was really great to learn about beers from around the world because that's what they kind of focused on. And I had a woman, uh, at my table from Germany. I think she's from, I don't know, she was from somewhere in Germany, Munich, maybe. Um, but she ordered a Paul Honor, Paul Honor Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, she goes, you have that? I go, well, yes, we have it. So I got it, got it for her. And that was when she first showed me how to pour a Hef. You know, you kind of empty it almost all the way. You swirl it around. You pour the sediment on the top. And Yummy. like when she, when, when she showed me that and I think we kind of like, you know, going through our little craft brew, like here's how you pour bottles of beer and all this stuff. Um, <clears throat> Like but when she showed me, it was like special because it was like that was like something from her. You know, it's the ghost. It's that was the, the, ghost. Yeah, the ghost. The ghost. That was something that that she kind of brought, and it was it was very important because she was like that was this is what you do with the pollen or hefeweizen, you know, and uh, so that that had a huge impact on me from me moving forward, you know, and then I think I did like. You know, got hooked on like Boulevard wheat. Oh, you know, <laughs> mm. and then I started. City. Yeah, but then I started actually visiting breweries, and I don't think I really started visiting breweries till I. There was a brewery in Iowa. I remember my brother showing me. Then, then out here, huh. um, but uh, but yeah, I think nice. She, she showed me the, the polliner. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we got a couple more questions here. <laughs> what uh, what's the beer you're most proud of that you make? That's a, that's a split between Grace and Robert. Oh, is it? Okay. All right. I, I don't even know. There's so many that I love, and it's kind of crazy, and I keep saying, oh, well, that's my favorite. Well, that's my favorite. <laughs> mm, that's my favorite. Um, You know, I really have to go back to um, Razzmatazz. That beer is so freaking good. The dark chocolate, raspberry, coconut, and this delicious beefy stout you know Mm. it's just so awesome it's just all over the place and it's it's just balanced perfectly not too much raspberry not too much coconut and that ecuadorian cocoa nibs that we put in there you've got this chocolate bomb it's just fabulous but i mean i think that's just kind of my go-to favorite whenever we have it on tap it's it's gone yeah it's gone you know Wow, uh, she stole mine. Uh, so uh, my 
Honestly, There's no right answer here. Right. This is- <laughs> I think, honestly, my favorite one to make is Hay Bale and Kolsch. That, okay. for me, I like that one. Yeah. Because that's just the, the – oh, yeah, cream. Well, so, yeah, cream ale. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about cream ale. Cause, so I have this beer called J&L's Cream Ale, which goes for my uncles, Johnny and Lenny. And uh, they used to drink – I can't even remember what it was called, Queen's Cream Ale or something. I forget what it was. Um, so we started making a cream ale at home and it was awesome. It was really good. I think it even got us a couple medals. And then we brought it here to the brewery and there was a small snafu and it made me gun shy. And I've made it only once since. And that was for our first year anniversary. Yeah. First year anniversary sold out that day. Haven't made it since. And every, every year I'm like, (laughs) or actually every month. Okay. I'm going to brew that one. I'm going to brew that one. So I'm gonna actually take that back and yes, JNL Cream Ale. That's, All right, that's the. All right, one. well, when you when you brew it, I'll make sure I buy yeah, a few we'll crawlers. Throw that out. There's a lot of people that actually come in here and ask <laughs> us for it too. That's what's crazy. I, I like. I really they, like. I, yeah, I really that. like cream ales and that. And you know, it's just it's so good. Yeah. But there was that one incident where which we had when we had our smaller system and didn't come out too good. And okay. I, I sent it down the drain, and ever since then I was like freaked out. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, what's one of your favorites, Bear? Uh, right now, my personal favorite is Little Red Hen. Ooh, you got a nice good. Irish yes, red. You got your caramel toffee notes, not watered down. It's well balanced. No burnt notes, no sweetness. It's just yum yum. Marinate <laughs> yum, my yum. mouth, and I'm gonna get some. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, outside of your own brewery, uh, what's your favorite brewery? Or beer. We'll stick with brewery. What's your favorite brewery and and, and why? Can we? Is this is this a tough question for uh, for someone who owns a brewery to ask? Okay, so you, know, you don't want to play favorites. You want to get you don't, don't want to piss anybody off. No, no, no. It's all love. It's all love. It's all love. I'm gonna say, especially local, keeping it hyper local. I have a man relentless, relentless because they push the envelope with their sours and not everyone likes the sour Mm. and they want to be different and they want to be unique and they're sticking to their guns but you know they've got some amazing beers and they push the envelope and I applaud them for that I really do nice let's see Uh, that that was a good one I'm gonna go with uh, Refuge okay because Dan down there is a freak, and uh, <laughs> he's 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 doing really well as a head brewer down there, and uh, they've been turning out some really good beers, and we love going down there, and and they've helped us out mm. tremendously with a lot of the stuff that we had when we first started up here at at this level. We had a million questions, especially when we upgraded to a new system. Okay, they were just there for us, and uh, but you know, as far as the beers go, they're they're just Dan's. He's cranking out good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go out of state on this one. Um, I lived in Seattle for eight years, and there was this uh, local kind of northwest. They were in Oregon and Washington, a brewery called Mac and Jack's. Um, And still to this day, I yearn for this beer. It's a (laughs) unfiltered African amber IPA. I don't know how they did this thing. It's like a bitter. It's everything about everything that I want in life in a beer. So I get my amber, I get my unfiltered, and I get an IPA with a bitter. um, But they're in Redmond, Washington, and they have a Serengeti wheat. They have some black, but that 
that Mike and Jack's, uh, yeah. that African Amber was my thing. Awesome. All right. Last question. Last question here. What is the weirdest ingredient you've ever brewed with? Bacon. Yeah, bacon. Bacon. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say definitely. Don't you think? Bacon. Yeah, bacon. bacon. Um, how, so what, how do you, how do you infuse, I guess, the bacon in, into a brew? Like I, I know we, we, I haven't brewed my own, my own stuff. I mean, I'm sure the guys on Brew Bloods have. I haven't, uh, just cause it's time. One of mm-hmm. these days I want to do it. But I mean, I would imagine bacon maybe would be a little harder because of the grease and everything. Yeah, or, you it, have to cook it out. So we started yeah. doing it at home where we cook the bacon at home, render all the fat off, almost burnt, and then you put okay. it in secondary. So you don't really brew with it. You're just going to put it in secondary. Right. That fat's going to really cause havoc on, you know, <laughs> foam or, you know, head retention. And uh-huh. it's going to, you know, leave grease residue. And you don't want to yeah. do that. That's nasty. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is good. You know, you just cook up that bacon, put it in secondary, and you dry hog it. Okay. Wow! Um, One of the weirdest ones that it's not weird actually, but it's I was told that it wouldn't work, and it does work. We've been doing it for three years now. Is candy corn? Right? Yeah, you guys do the candy. Did you guys do one with Skittles too? No, that was Iron Fire. Is that Iron Fire? Okay, someone's just doing candy. The the candy corn. Yep. Oh my god, that's that's an amazing beer. It's really good. Triple at Halloween, and it's called Candy Corn Oil. And I go down to the, uh, there's a, a local, uh, grocery store that I actually go down and wipe them out of all their candy <laughs> corn. I think last year we bought 50, 60 pounds of candy corn from them and we throw that in there in place of Belgian candy sugar. Okay. Okay. So instead of doing like a candy, a rock candy or the, or the liquid form right. of Bel- Belgian candy sugar, we throw in, uh, candy corn. And we still get that gravity way up there because mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's not going to do it," and it does it, and that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one for sure. I think when I around that time when I was here and you guys had that on on tap, mm-hmm. I think I spent like, I think I spent like a hundred dollars in on crawlers, awesome. and that was like, we got my wife and I got a bit tipsy on that that yes, the that candy one's corn holio. That one's heavy. Oh my gosh, yeah. candy yeah. corn holio. Is <laughs> that the was a fun day. night. Yeah. <laughs> we met. We met some people who they allegedly had a dispensary, uh, mm-hmm. and they told us all about their, their weed dispensary. This is before it was legal, uh, in the state of California. So that was a really interesting night. We had a lot of very interesting conversations around the, around the candy corn holy. Pulled your shirt up over your head. Right. Yeah. No, that was a good one. No, I mean, so we're, we're about to wrap up here, but I mean, I wanted to kind of, I mean, what I love about coming here, like I said, there's always a, a, a ton of different kinds of beers on tap, mm-hmm. and like I always kind of gravitate more towards, like I said, the European the, and the and the, mm-hmm. the more of the German ales and the Belgians and stuff like that, and that's what I feel like you guys really do a lot of um, and and do well. Now, there's a couple here that sound a little bit weird with the names, so I want to you, yep. you know to kind of dispel like maybe how, how weird they're because you know. My brother works for Sonic, and they were making a pickle uh, slushy. Oh yeah, or I think I it was just that. for fun. I'm not sure if they really was going to go to market. They were testing it, um, but you guys have pickle party. Uh, now, when I th- just see the name, I just think pickle juice. But I'm wondering, like, you know, I haven't, and, I, and it's one of those I haven't tried yet. But is it is this a one that I should try? 
Well, what is um, pickle party? Pickle party. When I hear pickle party, I don't think of pickle. <laughs> yeah, maybe me. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I don't think of pickle. <laughs> and cucumber party just didn't sound fun. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So okay. uh, it's actually a cucumber beer. <laughs> it's really refreshing, delicious, uh, blonde base. Uh, people love it, and it's so funny because we have a following, and it's really gruff looking bikers and they will just scream pickle party pickle and of course that's fun that's fun but cucumber party party doesn't sound too good (laughs) now uh you know like like i said you do have the the more there's some ipas here but these aren't the 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 no clucking way ipa now it's not now that isn't like a high alcohol content ipa session uh it's a session ipa what what would you say would be the most uh other than like the cornholio that thing was uh it was gnarly. That thing was gnarly. It was really good. Yeah. That you got you got your bang for your buck. Yeah. yeah. What beer on here would you say would be the biggest bang for the your buck right now? With Carl. Okay. Which our son, he he did he came up with that one. He loves um old Rasputin. Okay. And so he brewed up a uh an Imperial uh, um stout. And then to take it up one more, we aged uh, some Jim Beam wood chips. Okay. And we infused that in the beer. So now we have this Jim Beam infused imperial stout. And it was originally made so we could share it with the fellas at Carl Strauss mm-hmm. from San Diego, which actually they get to try it this year. And uh, But it's ever since we made that one, Everybody is going crazy for that. As as far as like on on that mm-hmm. the heaviness, right, right. That's where everybody goes to. But um, that was that's a good one. That okay, twelve percenter, twelve percent. Do you guys uh, do you guys tend to kind of go seasonal? Because I know that you know a lot of the times you get into the fall, you have, you have a lot of the heavier beers, the the more of the brown ales, reds, and of course pumpkin. Do you, are you guys kind of gearing into more summer type? Yep. Uh, yeah, we're, we follow the season. That's yeah. what's very different about our brewery. So you could come in now, you could come in three months from now, and three months after that, and the menu is going to always be mm-hmm. different. There's there's a core up there that will stick around, but we do stick around. So in fact, now we're getting ready to roll into our springtime beers, which is our Mamaw's Marmalade, which is a uh, honey orange blonde. We roll into the strawberry blonde, very berry blonde. And then come summertime, we have the Fruity Jug series, which is watermelon mint. And these are all pale ale based, mm-hmm. uh, peach mango. And what's the, the and triple berry. And yeah. Those, so we do those. And then by the time we're done with those, it's already fall. And so yeah. we roll into the fall beer. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, uh, you know, I want to thank all of you for sitting around and chatting with me about the brewery and everything. Awesome. Um, if you if you have questions or you want to kind of check them out, if you're going to be in the area or you want, or just want to see what they're doing, it's uh, what's it, what you guys want to say? Is it is it? Where is it? Masonjarbrewing.com. Masonjarbrewing.com, and you guys are on. You can find all your social media on there. You guys got to get on Twitter though. I'm a huge Twitter nut, so we gotta. Yeah. Guys, on that. All right. All right. <laughs> We're I'll so put it on many. the list. I got it's it's, it's <laughs> social media is crazy. There's just it too is, much. It is. All right. Well, um, you know, thank you for chatting with me at the brewery. Um, of course, my wife 
told me I need to come home with some crawlers. So I need to go down crawlers. there and take care, take, care, take care of that business. And uh, I want to thank all of you guys for, for joining me today. Awesome. Thanks for coming. This yeah, I appreciate it, Sean. Appreciate it. Man. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to yet another episode of Brew Bloods. If you're not subscribed to the show, you should be. It's absolutely free, and you can subscribe anywhere fine podcasts can be found. Through Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, or any podcast app out there. Above all, please tell a friend about us. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us as at BrewBloods on all the social networks or email us at BrewBloodsShow at gmail.com. That's BrewBloodsShow at gmail.com. So for everyone here at BrewBloods, this is Mark saying prost.